So there's lots more that God is doing amongst us. And it's so important that we encourage one another and realize how God's going deep within us. I'm not going to keep you here for an hour. Don't worry. <laughs> but I do want to share something that I just feel the Lord wants to do amongst us. And, I, and it's, it's, you touched on it, Ginny. The worship song choice has touched on it. And I just feel what God is doing is, is probably more than any of us can actually put into words anyway. But um, last week, Yusuf gave a really good message on prayer. It's on the podcast. I need to put your surname in. I need to find out how to spell it. But it's on our Bushfire podcast. It's very, very good. And it's an encouragement and it's a reminder of the power of prayer and why and how and what the Lord releases to us and in us and through us when we pray. And yes, for some, including myself, I've had some days of this 3 a.m. where it's worked and other days it hasn't. And other days I've felt I'm going through sludge and other days it's felt powerful. But we do not look, we, what we can't do is look at our performance and assess it in our human knowledge, in our human wisdom, because that is considered evil, as God says in James 3. And he says, you know, human wisdom basically is an open door to every demonic realm. So we cannot assess ourselves or look at one another with our human wisdom. We don't know what's really going on in one another. And I just felt the Lord really sort of prompting me a couple of weeks ago. Um, I just felt the Lord prompt me about something that I needed to correct in my life. And you know, the most powerful thing is whenever the Lord shows you something you need to change, he always gives you the grace and the energy and the ability to do it. He never calls us to something that we, and leaves us stranded. But equally, he does normally call us to things that we can't do in our own strength, right? So when the Lord gives you a calling, if you can work it out of your own bank account, they say, and you can work it out of your own ability and skills, then it's probably not the Lord. But, you know, <laughs> God calls us beyond ourselves. He calls us to step over ourselves. This whole being crucified with Christ and I no longer live is all about not in our own strength. And this is what it's all linking in so that our own assessing of our own performance, as it were, our, we look at ourselves and we think, oh, I don't feel I'm, you know, today I didn't feel I, I prayed powerfully. And it's like, that is a demonic mindset. It really, really is. Because it's just trying to undermine what God's doing in you. It's trying to undermine um, the power of God in you. Because it's as we are weak, he is strong. So, so what you said, it's all linking in. It's, it's our weakness that he is made strong. And so we don't have to worry. We just need to be available and to yield to him which is our journey, which is what we're on together. And one of the things that I've just really been reminded of is, you know, why are we pressing in with this increase of, of prayer? And why are we doing it? And for a moment, my thought was, because we want revival, which actually, that is a step ahead. That is an outcome of what we're pursuing. And I have to watch myself, because the point of us pressing in in prayer is to get closer to the Lord, more intimate with him, and for us to go up another level in him. So the outcome will be more, um, more miracle signs and wonders, and the outcome will be revival. But really what's happening is this complete and utter change within ourselves, that we are being transformed into the likeness of Christ, and that we put on righteousness, that we put on love, that we don't use our own clothes 
as it were. So we got a, hopefully many of you can come to Christina and Tom's wedding tomorrow. Um, Bushfire, you're all invited so <laughs> to the evening. And it's at 7.30, Whitley Hall Hotel. And, you know, we've been looking at clothes, and I've been concerned because Andy's the best man. What is he going to wear? And I'm thinking, well, actually, Joshua's only, he basically lives in jogging trousers and trainers. So we need something for him to wear. And, of course, the parable, the story that Jesus uh, tells us in Matthew 22 came to mind. And it's, I'll, I'll just read it to you because it's all about what are we clothed in? What are we dressed in? What's, and it's relating partly to our attitudes. And it's, it's what are we... It's essentially also links in with the Lord is my banner. You know, if I'm going to be dressed in his likeness, I will emanate his character. When I'm dressed in my Adam nature, I am not emanating Christ's likeness. And it's also relating to when I'm putting on a garment of praise and thanksgiving that breaks that yoke of heaviness and it literally breaks the spirit of heaviness. It's all about what are you putting on? What garments are you wearing? And some of us love bright colors. Most of us actually like colors, but some people don't dare to wear them. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I went through a season in my 20s where it was all black and dark blue, and, 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 and it worked with business going to work and everything. But actually, you know, God's nature is bright colors. His whole nature, and I can see you, Moira, yes, because you're a bright color person. And, and his nature is, is creativity. And as we know from people who've been to heaven, the colors that they see in that realm are many more and multiplied and different facets to what we see with our human eye here. So I'm going to nip to Matthew 22 and briefly read the parable of the wedding banquet because it all ties in. Believe me, hang on. Hang in there, I should say. Um, so Matthew 22, and I've, I've actually just copied it onto a, my notes here so I don't have to fumble on the Bible. Because I don't know about you, but when you've got a microphone and you're in front of people, all of a sudden finding the right page is really hard. So the, I'm actually speaking from the NIV version. Dun, dun, dun. Jesus spoke to them again. This is verse 22 in Matthew 22. Is that right? Oh, no, it's not verse 22. Sorry, starting from verse 2. In Matthew 22, Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. <clears throat> the rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. Gentiles, here we come. <laughs> So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He might have been in joggers and trainers. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. 
And I don't know about you, but in all my years of reading the word and this story included, I've always thought, ah, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? A bit harsh, you know, not wearing the right clothes and just like chucking him out. And it's one of those things that I'm sure you, like me, you, you sort of, you may get some revelation or something and then you may dwell on it, meditate on it, and then you put it back on the shelf and then the Lord sort of dusts it off and brings it back in and, and you learn something more and you get a deeper revelation. And believe me, we are going to continue for eternity getting more and more revelation of God and his word and it's beautiful and it's exciting. But I, I heard somebody explain um, that, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody from a uh, from, uh, a background who understood the Hebraic culture of the time, that it was common for guests to be provided with clothes to wear. You all knew that. That's good. So the guests would be provided clothes. So say we're going to Christina's wedding tomorrow. And in fact, don't lots of Nigerian weddings, they actually have um, a whole, I'm saying uniform in inverted commas, but a a whole code of of dress and everybody has to wear a certain fabric or a choice of certain fabrics and it's made and it's tailored and it's, wow, amazing. So so it exists today to a certain extent. So we would essentially be given clothes to wear tomorrow to Christina's wedding. Now that would be helpful, wouldn't it? I don't know about you, it's like figuring out what to wear. And I'm, I'm delving in my cupboard. I've got enough clothes in there. Surely there must be something I can wear. But um, it would be quite useful. So, but in, the, in that day, yes, the wedding guests would be provided with clothes. So we can see, obviously, what is the Lord saying? What is it that we need to be dressed in? The Gentiles have been invited from the outer Hebrides, as it were, from all the different islands across the nation into the banquet. And we also have a responsibility to dress correctly for this wedding. So if we look into scripture, there's lots about clothes and about garments and cloaks, things to put on, things to wear. We know the armor of God in Ephesians 6, but it's not just mentioned there. There's talking about the helmet of salvation. I think Isaiah 59, um, there's talking, it's, the, the word is full, absolutely full, and it's worth a study for yourself. But For instance, Revelation 19, it says, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. They were shouting it. They weren't whispering it. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And then it says in brackets, Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. And we know that, um, that the Lord has provided for us, hasn't he? He has provided for us to be clothed in righteousness. And the righteousness is not our human wisdom. And it's God's wisdom. And it's God's perfection that he has prepared for us. So when we look at ourselves and the mirror and we think, oh, you could do better, girl, or you could do better, or, you know, or, or even the other way around, we could look in the mirror and think, yeah, I'd, I've had a great prayer session today. You know, and it's actually, from both perspectives, it's actually an insult to the Lord. Because what we're doing is we're stripping ourselves of his righteousness and we're clothing ourselves in our joggers and trainers, saying, this is good enough. I did this with my own sweat. And actually, if we look at, um, for instance, Colossians 3, oh, it's full of how we are invited to be dressed. And I'm just going to read this to you. It's the word of God. You can't beat this. I could speak for hours, but the word of God contains the power 
So I'm going to read from Colossians 3, verse 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, Galatians 2.20 again, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, which we don't talk about lots, but it's a big issue in the church, in the wider church, Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And I don't know about you, but I find very often my idea of something to eat is actually very, very comforting. (laughs) When you're hungry or not. Do you know what I mean? Idolatry of our stomachs is easier to, um, it's, it's there, and we don't like to admit it. But it's, it's throughout every part of our lives, there is opportunities for this. Because of this, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Pause, talking of which. Has anyone listened to Neville Johnson's um, word for the week last, well, this gone by week? Yeah, I mean, he actually preached it when he came in 2012, and it's about leprosy in the church, and it's how complaining, complaining, and slander, and just, even if it's truth, what you're sharing, backbiting, even if it's true, doesn't mean it's right before the Lord. And I've had to repent of that. I've had to repent, you know, I was like, you know, how often when Andy's up here, and I keep chipping in and chirping in and correcting him, and part of me feels like, oh no, I'm making him do a better job. How proud and arrogant am I? Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, sweetheart. Will you forgive me? Pardon? About, ah, have you been praying about this? (laughs) Probably about two weeks ago. (laughs) I will also preach about witchcraft in the church. No, it's, it's God is speaking to us, you know, and that's right. Prayer, God is changing us. He is bringing things to the surface. You know, when you, why do I get these random pictures? God is bringing things to the surface. Joshua's recently decided he really likes muesli. Hallelujah. He's mixing his foods. Big ordeal for a young boy growing up. And you buy the muesli and we decided the bits he likes are the the dried bananas and the dried papaya and the fruit. I wonder why. They're lovely, aren't they? Anyway, so (laughs) I haven't shown him this trick yet. I dare not. But if you have a box of muesli and you shake it, what happens? Things come to the top. (laughs) The goodies come to the top in that case. I won't. But when we pray, God brings the stuff to the top, the sludge. You know when a river is moving and it's all the rapids and you see these bulks of foam, you know, on the sides of the water floating. And it's, it's basically impurities, isn't it? And what do we do? We can skim it off just like a good pint of Guinness. 
Why did I say that? I don't drink Guinness. But you can skim it off, can't you? You can skim it off. The Lord is wanting to purify us, and he's doing that. So the prayer is like what you're saying, isn't it, Yusuf? The prayer and, and the committing ourselves, the yielding to the Lord, the laying on the altar continually, day and night, is what is bringing the things to the surface so they can be cleared out. So I thank you, Lord, that you're doing that amongst us. And, you know, this is not a, this is not a knock on the head for us. This is an encouragement because I just see how we as a body are just deepening in the Lord and love is growing. And that is what we pursue to become like him and for our intimate uh, relationship with Jesus just to go up such a new level. Um, you know, Jesus healed and delivered with a word, just one word. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. We have much to look forward to and to press into. You know, and, and a couple of weeks ago, this whole situation of authority was brought up. You know, Andy mentioned we need more authority. Jeannie said, we've got it. And I know you're both right. Both right. Because the bigger picture is we're working out our salvation. The more that, that Jesus went into the wilderness, he passed the tests. And he came out with great power. And he says, you know, as he passed on the baton, as it were, to the disciples, he said, all authority has been given to me. And I'm thinking, and so he passed it on. And I'm thinking, wow, he passed the tests. He passed the tests. And the authority was granted to him. And the authority increased with every test that is passed. And I can see that, yes, we have all authority. But we aren't able to walk in it yet. I wouldn't give Joshua, three years old, um, the, um, a power drill or a chainsaw. You wouldn't give him the big, chunky power tools, would you? You'd wait until he's old enough. You need to test his, you need to see if you can trust him. And we, we know this, so I'm encouraging you. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But it's growing in that, and that awareness that it's not that we aren't seeing. Bye, Karen. Happy Mother's Day. We're, it's not that we're not seeing um, complete outpouring of the miracles because we are so bad. It's because we are on the journey and God is doing stuff and we are seeing supernatural things amongst us. Be encouraged. We are, but we've got more to look forward to and more to press into. Hallelujah. We are living in such an exciting time. So whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you say, whatever you do, don't use human wisdom. We use God's wisdom. We don't dress ourselves in our joggers and trainers. We put on that white clothing, that righteousness of God. We clothe ourselves. So let me continue in Colossians 3, verse 9, when it says about ridding yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. And I feel the whole don't lie to yourselves is not just saying, is not just fibbing to one another, but I also think it's being dishonest with one another, saying, oh, no, I'm in a really good place, and I'm, oh, yeah, I'm whatever, and you're not. You know, let's just be honest. Oh, the sooner we strip back and get raw, to use that word again, and politically incorrect, the better. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, can't say this word, Scythian or Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all, as Andy was praying earlier. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, which you are, clothe yourselves. Right, here we go. Get ready. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
Oh, patience can be one of the hardest, especially for kids. <laughs> Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, we must forgive. It is not a choice. We do not have the choice not to forgive. We cannot. We have been ordered. We are, he is either our Lord or he is not. And if he's our Lord, then we do what he tells us to do and be quick to repent when we get it wrong. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, which is the most excellent way, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Perfect unity. Perfect unity is what the Lord desires. Perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Not because that's what we do, we better do it. With gratitude. Gratitude, thanksgiving, that garment of praise that wakes up the slumbering one, that wakes everybody out, up and out of darkness and into an awareness of the truth of God and where we are in him. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we're talking, it says here, over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect peace. And it says that we need to pursue peace with one another. So this is important. I grew up as a family of seven, one of five children. And there was not often peace, especially between me and my older brother, Stephen. We used to really battle. I was the youngest. He was four years older. And, uh, and it, we loved each other, but it was a very love-hate relationship until I was 14 and he was 18. And, um, oh boy, did I learn to fight for myself. And I remember I once broke a window because I, th I was so cross at him, I threw a, wood uh, threw a wooden brick at him and it went past him and smashed through the window and I felt really bad. And God does not enjoy siblings who quarrel. My mum didn't. She would be very upset. We were never allowed to say, shut up or you fool. As it says in the word, never call your brother a fool. She would not let us talk to one another like that. But we still did when she wasn't listening. And I just remember being infuriated because my brother was stronger than me. And there was, you know, there's a certain place you just can't, you can't get past that threshold because you're smaller and you're a, a girl. You know, Wesley and Jojo have got it up the way around. Wesley's a boy, he's younger, but soon he'll be strong as Jojo. So all his pent-up tension will be released <laughs> with one sweep of wrath upon his big sister. But, you know, they love each other. But the issue is the squabbling is not okay. And I'm, I'm not saying that we're squabbling. But there's an element that we need to be guarded for and guarded on as the Lord pours his spirit out and new people come in and the revival comes and the Holy Spirit is going to be even more vibrantly amongst us because he's in us all already and he's here with us. But just imagine when this place is packed out with Holy Spirit-filled people. Wow. And what's the enemy going to want to do? Bring disunity. Because disunity is what will stop the anointing. So let's just finish with Psalm 133. Because this is how it all ties in. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. 
right? This unity is not dependent on doctrine. This is something that we're going to have to sort out because we can find differences with everybody if, when we start to, to look at doctrine or opinions. And also, on that note, what about the Sheffield church, the city of Sheffield? Does God see cities? Does, you know, when, he, when he speaks to the, the churches in the book of Revelation, he doesn't say to saint something and saint something down the road, I say this. It's the church of the area, isn't it? So we actually have a collective responsibility for the church of Sheffield. So, you know, I see that equally as we're not to slander and not to gossip and not to speak down, we need to be careful what we say about other churches as well, really, because actually we are part of the body and it's not for us to define who is and who isn't. What we need to do is pray for them, pray the apostolic prayers in for them. So anyway, so how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard. Aaron representing the high priest. Who is the high priest? Jesus. Who is the body? We are. Who's the head of the church? Jesus. So if we're talking about the oil pouring down the head on the beard, on Aaron's beard and down on the collar of his robe, as it is the collar of his robe. Actually, this translation says collar. Other translations it says the hem, doesn't it? Down the full length of him. Um, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So what I feel the Lord is calling us to do is to encourage one another, be dressed in righteous clothing so that we will not be cast out because that's, that wedding guest was cast out. It was, there was no mercy, was there? At that point, there was no mercy because God had provided everything. And that individual who came to the wedding feast obviously thought, I don't need your stuff. I've got my own. I can do it in my own strength. And we need to drop and release and die to our own opinions and our own personal wisdom and I say that again, our own opinions and our own personal wisdom because it is demonic and it literally opens the door to every demonic thing. Read James 3. You will be stunned what comes in through human wisdom. Read James. I love the book of James. I love the word. Boy, but how when we are connected with Jesus as the head of this church, and by the way, he is the one who builds the church, not we. Hallelujah. We are called to be a house of prayer for the nations. We are not responsible for building church. Isn't that wonderful, Andy? <laughs> so as we're connected to Jesus as the head, the oil of the anointing flows down him and it covers us all. And that's where he bestows his blessing and life forevermore. So it's simple. My message is simple. You know, and sometimes what's simple doesn't mean it's easy. As I heard Joe Sweet say this week, you know, it's simple, but it's not easy. You can give instruction to, uh, to, to build a tower, and the instruction is simple, but actually carrying it out is not easy. It takes effort, and it takes us dying to our own flesh and our own selves. So this Galatians 2.20, dying to ourselves, the power of God will be released 
into us as we die to ourselves and as we embrace what the Lord says to put on righteousness, put on what pleases him, put on the attributes of God, clothe ourselves in love. And when we don't feel we can do it in our own strength, even better, that's where we're meant to be. We're meant to say, Lord, I need you. Would you please empower me? Give me that love that I don't have naturally. I don't have a natural love for certain people groups like louts <laughs> who want to destroy the fence outside. I don't have a natural love, but God loves them. And what if God wants to use that in order for us to reach them? And you see, it's my humanness that says I don't like you because I don't like how you're treating me. So that's actually, it's not godly. It's not godly. So I, I pray, Lord, help me to love the louts. Help me to love those who are, you know, who are destructive in this, in this world, in this nation. And as we call out to the Lord, he will enable us. His grace is sufficient and more than enough. So it's simple. I just want to encourage you all as we continue in prayer, as we continue doing what we can by the grace of God and that we just lean into him and put on the garments of praise. So important. We, none of us have got nothing to thank God for. That's a double negative. We all have something to thank God for. We all do. We all do. We have so much to be grateful for. And today's Mother's Day. And I've got a lint chocolate for every lady in the house. I'm hoping there are enough now. You can have them after your coffee. But, you know, the Lord delights in his people. and He delights in those who diligently seek him. And sometimes the diligently seeking him can feel like you're walking through sludge. And that is okay. Don't be discouraged. You know, when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, he's with us. He, his, his rod and staff are there. It's the shadow of, it's the sludge that feels like. We don't walk by feelings, we walk by faith. So I think we need to step back from how we may feel at that moment and just re- realize that is nothing of the truth. The truth is that he is delighting in us. He delights in our hearts that diligently seek him. He delights in us. And it's faith that pleases God. Not our own works. Not our joggers and trainers. It's his garments of righteousness. So can I just pray? Mm -hmm. It's quite warm, isn't it? You're all feeling a bit sleepy. I command that sleep and slumber off you in Jesus' name. (laughs) No, Sorry, I did one of those silly laughs that uh, Andy said I should stop doing. (laughs) Lord, we just look to you. You are, you are the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord God, you came up with this whole idea in the first place. You are the one who saw man's weakness and you prepared and you, you had the lamb that was to be slain prepared from the foundations of the world. You were not caught unguarded. You were not caught unguarded. You have a solution for us. You have paved the way for us, Lord God to be one with you, to rule and reign with Christ. Lord, not just, not just here and now, but for eternity. We have so much to look forward to, Lord God. And I just pray, Father, where we have clothed ourselves in our own works, in our own accomplishments, and where we have even taken pride in a gifting that you gave to us. We've been proud because you gave us something. Lord, we just want to repent of that. In Jesus' name, we want to repent, Lord, of every time that we've taken pride or, or felt that we've accomplished something um, in our own strength. And Lord, I want to repent of that in Jesus' name. 
And Lord, also we want to repent and say, sorry, Lord, where we've, where we've, as it were, condemned ourselves because we have felt we have underperformed and our own expectations of ourselves has been high. And Lord, that again is wrong and it's pride. And Lord, we just say sorry for that. We want to be stripped back naked, Lord God, and honest with you and raw and just say, thank you, Lord, that you are the one who clothes us. You clothed Adam and Eve in light at the beginning, and when they sinned, you clothed them. You, the first sacrifice was to give them clothes, Lord God. You are the one who clothes us. You clothe us, clothe us in righteousness, and you want us to put those garments on. You want us to put the armor of God on. You want us to have a helmet of salvation to guard our minds so that the enemy cannot attack us and we don't receive his deception and his lies. So in Jesus' name, Lord, we repent. We say sorry when we have tried to do stuff in our, our own strength. And Lord, we just lean into you and we thank you for the simplicity of the gospel of the kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for the simplicity of salvation that's been granted to us. And I thank you, Lord, that you have given us simple instructions, Lord. And it's not complicated, Lord Jesus, Lord, just to seek your face and to be a light and to be salt in this world and to pass on what you've given to us freely. We've received freely to give, Lord God. So I pray, Father, that you position us even more this week. And as this year goes by, Lord, position us where you want us to be, Lord God, that we would have course correction, that where we are slightly, whether we are slightly off course, Lord, correct our course in Jesus' name. Lord, position us geographically where you want us in Jesus' name. Lord, position us. May we die to our own opinions and our own plans and purposes. Lord, where we have put pensions and things in place and we have had our course set before us, Lord, you have said, you're foolish to do these things because you don't know what tomorrow brings. Don't plan for it. I will look after you. Seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. And I will look after you. I'll give you everything else you need. So, Lord, we just say we want to walk with you more. We want to walk closely with you. We want to climb the hills, climb the mountains with you, Lord Jesus. We don't want to do stuff in our own strength. We want to rely on you. So thank you that you are working in us and through us and that you are bringing forth a glorious bride, a glorious people, Lord God, filled with your power, filled with your authority, who can be trusted because we listen to your word. Bondservant mentality. We only do what we see the Father doing. We only speak what we hear him saying in Jesus' name. So, Lord, may we be encouraged today. May we walk in the power of the age to come, Lord. May we walk in the power of the age to come, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for the healings that are going to be heard of from today. I thank you, Lord God, for the healing that's already been poured out in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that faith is saying thank you for it. Thank you for it, Lord. Faith is believing that you are who you say you are and that your word is true. So, Lord, I just pray, may we even more, as Todd White says, may we, we be believers who believe in Jesus' name. Believing believers who believe. We pray that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Shabbat Thank you, Lord. Amen.